You're about to listen to an episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss interesting HR topics and solve some of our listeners' submitted questions. And occasionally I'll go off HR topic and talk about whatever I want to talk about. Think barbecue, space exploration, technology, money, managing, business, things that interest all of us. We get a lot of emails with questions. Stay tuned for details on how you can submit yours to the show. And now, let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to What the Hell Just Happened. On this week's episode, Allie and I are going to hang out and we're going to answer a couple of questions. One of the questions comes in all the time, has to do with health insurance, stipends, and employees negotiating for a raise and saying they're not going to take health insurance. So we go through that scenario pretty thoroughly, cover it top to bottom, and kind of explain to you what you can and can't do and why. And then we got a great listener question that came in about an employee uh, wanting to claim unemployment insurance every time the practice was closed. And we, again, go over that nuts to bolts. We give you guys a, a, a good scenario and kind of go over some things that you can do to mitigate that from uh, happening inside your practice. So with no further ado, let's get to our questions. Hey, Allie. So today we've got two good questions. One of these is a question that comes in all the time from all different directions at Cedar, um, talking about health insurance. And uh, and I'm really happy we're going to talk about uh, uh, this first question and, uh, and pointing out that we definitely are not experts in health insurance, but it's something that we have to cover and understand here. And then the other uh, question came in from a listener. So you guys who are listening, we are always asking for you to send in your questions. So in the second half of this podcast, we're going to ask a listener's question directly to the What the Hell Just Happened podcast. Um, Allie, what is a... Now, now I wonder if I need to call you Allie D anymore. If I could just call you Allie. Does, <laughs> does anybody else in your life call you Allie D? Uh, just you and Jenny because you're the only ones who are were there are held for, over. and Grace, I, I think. But okay. yeah, and uh, that's funny. We talked about this the other day. People are like, why do they say that? Like, they don't they throw the everyone D? else's initial at the end of the lane. Whatever you prefer. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Well, we had more than one Allie at one point. So we yeah. need to di- di- differentiate. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So Allie... <laughs> Uh, it's going to take me a while Sounds to get like that. Sounds like natural. Right. It doesn't feel right. Um, uh, what's the first question? Um, so the first question we're talking about today is health benefit uh, stipends or providing a health benefit in an As a benefit. Uh, unconventional, unconventional way. Yeah. So you're not actually signing up for a health benefit plan. Um, and this is a question that we see come in a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, there's often a health benefit plan being offered to everybody. So that's yes, where this question yeah, comes from. Yeah. yeah. So um, the the first thing is we'll get employers who who ask, you know, my manager doesn't need health insurance. Yeah. Somebody for at the whatever reason. Somebody yeah, at someone the business at the doesn't business need doesn't need it. They yeah. either are covered through their partner or mm-hmm. they they have some other way mm-hmm. that they're getting it. Um, so she negotiated a higher pay rate. Mm-hmm. Um, this specific question that we that brought this to our attention um, kind of sparked our interest to talk about this today mm-hmm. was an employee who was getting a divorce. So she was losing that right. health benefit um, coverage. Now she wants to get into on the plan, the office's plan. So this employer is now wondering, well, now she is getting that health benefit and I'm paying her more. It only makes sense to. Take it, take it away. You know, cut, cut down her pay. Well, employee thinks that's unfair. Yeah, employee doesn't like it, and 
And, uh, and that's kind of the crux of what we're going to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, chip away at today, which is this typically shows up as one or more employees say, hey, I see we offer health insurance. That's got to be a certain amount of money that you're contributing to our plan. And I, I, I have my own plan. I don't think it's fair that I don't get that benefit too. It's not fair to me. So they then negotiate for that money. And oftentimes um, it's a very reasonable argument. It's a, it's, it really is. It's, it's got good reasoning, but I think after you listen today, you're going to find that um, our guidance, spoiler alert, is don't do that. Yeah, I think at the surface, it seems like the perfect mm-hmm. solution. It it's does. easy. It's direct. What could go wrong? Um, but yeah, there's there's a couple issues with that. And I think starting with the fact that you need to realize that this is not – you can't allocate this as a healthcare benefit. Right. You're literally just paying them more. Yeah. Yeah, you you are not um, able to uh, – well, well, we'll kind of get into it. Okay. Um and then, oh, I just wanted, did want to mention another way that we see this, and I've actually seen this, uh-huh. I saw this a lot in the last couple of years when there were, people were having a lot of trouble hiring, um, were offices who were maybe a little bit smaller uh-huh. and didn't offer a health insurance benefit, right. but found a really great candidate, and they were like, hey, well, instead, Could you give can me a I little extra? get paid a little more? Uh-huh. Further down the line, that office is now in the position to offer health care benefits, right. and they're like, wait. Wait. I still want to get paid more. So it, it appears in a couple of different ways, but our guidance kind of stays the same regardless of what situation you're in. I think the question you always have to ask is what happens when and if they lose their health insurance for any given reason, mm-hmm. right? That's it. Yeah. Um, maybe their health insurance uh, was with their spouse, as we said, and for some reason during this uh, process of the marriage breaking up and divorce or whatever, um, they lose their health insurance and they've got to figure it out. And oftentimes that happens and, you, and the spouse has to go on, uh, one of the one of them have to go on COBRA and then they yeah. have to find their own insurance. It's just part of the settlements. But the fact is, is they it's simple. It doesn't. I don't care about all those details. They're about to lose their health insurance, or maybe their health insurance plan isn't great and yours is getting better and better, mm-hmm. like you said. And things are getting things are getting yeah. better. And they're like, well, I'd like to get in the plan. And then they find out that you know because they have to have their kids in the plan, it's even cheaper to come over into the company plan mm-hmm. and that they can save a couple hundred dollars a month, which is a lot of money in the long run, and they want to come back over. But again, we're just going on that, uh, that uh, uh, foundation that we have given this employee something extra. They've yeah. negotiated because it wasn't, and I'm air quoting for everybody who's listening, you know, it wasn't fair to them that they didn't get a piece of this uh, piece of this benefit. And, um, and, and I do just want to pose this kind of snarky reply. Well, if you, if you offer all kinds of benefits, let's just, let's just use, um, let's use, let's use Cedar, for example. Okay. I can't remember them all, but I mean, we have a few though. Mm-hmm. So there's health insurance, you know, we contribute to that. There's the gym. There's um, you can bring your dogs in. Yeah. There's um, what else is there? We've got our four hundred one k. Oh, we have our four hundred one k. We have, and, and then we probably have like five other things. Yeah. Right? Like with the use of the the lift thing, the the, the lift li- company lift account. Yeah, not, yeah. You know, outside of business, mm-hmm. you can use it to you know get yourself home if you need to get yourself home. Your car breaks down, or you're out and have a couple glasses of wine you didn't expect to you yeah. want to don't want to drive home and you can use it to get back to your car the next morning you know anyway um at what point does this thing where we equate something that you're not using as an employee where we give it some value at what point is it do do we say yes 
you didn't use any of those services. And now we're going to award you even more, even more right. money, you know, because you don't, uh, you know, I, my husband, and I have two cars. I'm never going to use Lyft. I don't, I don't contribute to the 401k, but I see you make a contribution to it. Can I, can I give you, you know, can I get my matching contribution in some other way? Yeah. Um, and, and the, the answer to all of those is no. Yeah. No, they're, they are called benefits for a reason. They are something that stands here. And quite frankly, I'm talking to managers and, and, and owners out there. I like giving all the benefits that I give over at Cedar, but I do count on some people aren't going to um, aren't going to be aren't going to participate in them. Yeah, not everyone is going to use every benefit no. that you offer. No, just because I offer the gym and three people go, I'm not paying for forty people. Right. Right. I mean, they're not going. I'm not going to pay for it. So why? I don't understand why I would then give that money to someone else. Um, as a, as an add on, because maybe, you know, they're saying it's not fair to them. Yeah. Um, but let's go back to the health insurance. Yeah. Okay. Back to the, back yeah. to the health insurance. And I mean, you know, this could honestly apply to any of the benefits that you just listed, but, um, you know, the biggest problem with this is that an employee is just going to start to see that as part of their average. We income. all do. We all do. Um, I, and I don't blame It's them. no longer going to be a benefit. No. So, down the line, for whatever reason, they want to come onto your health insurance, you know, whatever it is. And you, you have to let to... them, by the way. You can't say, I gave right. you a raise. I gave you, <laughs> yeah, remember no. when I gave you a raise, when I when you negotiated mm -hmm. more, you don't get to get in our health insurance. That's not yeah. legal. That's going to be required. Yeah. What's going to be way harder is trying to claw back that extra payment mm -hmm. that you've been giving them. Because again, they've come to see that as part of their average income. They're going to say, this isn't fair. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's hard to do. You can do it. Certainly you can cut, you could cut their pay uh -huh. for this reason. Yep. How well is the employee going to take that? They're not going to take it oh, at no, all. Great. <laughs> no, they're yeah. not going to, they're not going to be happy with it at all. They're going to, yeah. it's going to be the same thing. It's not fair because it's how it feels to you at the time. Right. Cause I do the same thing. Like I'll create a couple of different savings accounts in my, in my bank, <laughs> you know, so I can put a little money over here yeah. for this, a little money over here for that. It's just my way of doing it. Yeah. And, uh, and in the end, it's just the amount of money that I have. It does not, it doesn't really, you know, putting them in different accounts doesn't really mean anything. Um, and I wanted to touch on this just because of what you said about not all employees using benefits. Mm -hmm. That's another risk of doing this here. Because right. if you do this for the one employee who kind of made this agreement with you oh, on yeah. the side, um, and your other employees find out about this and they say, Hey, I also like, I'm okay with going off that company health mm -hmm. insurance plan. If it means I'm going to get this much more yeah. on my monthly paycheck. Um, you've now have to answer those questions. You've got to explain your reasoning on why this person is getting that this mm -hmm. person is it. And it is possible that all of your employees or a lot of your employees are going to be like, wait, I like that method way better. Or I like, or I need the money right now because yeah. of, and mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've lived that way myself often is I need that money and you just, you're going to get that money any way you can. And I think that's particularly relevant with health insurance benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially for any of our offices out there that may have like dental assistants or receptionists that are mm -hmm. on the younger side. Mm -hmm. I know like plenty of people in my even late twenties mm -hmm. that were like, Oh yeah, I just don't have health insurance because I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. either. Yeah. That's very common. So. Yeah. In my twenties and thirties. So I do, I want to, um, I want to uh, kind of drill down into that a little bit and make this other kind of human point. It's look, health, medical bills are difficult. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And we all know that they're out of control and you can go in. I think I saw a bill for a uh, snake bite the other day it was $256,000. And, you know, with a caption, we have to do something about yeah. that. By the way, when I was married um, and we had, uh, I had just moved to Tucson, I have seen rattlesnakes before, not that many rattlesnakes. And then I saw the biggest rattlesnake I've ever seen in my life right outside my door, curled up in a corner. Gosh, he was big. And he was loud and the dogs, we had gotten him inside and everything and all the adrenaline's going. And I'm like, how can I get this snake out of here? And I'm outside and I'm looking at the snake and I'm thinking, I don't know. I think I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to talk him out yeah. into leaving. I don't know. I don't even know how he got in the yard, in the fence and then underneath the, you know, the porch. And, uh, and my wife yells out from inside the house. It's $65,000 if you get bit. It's I think and she said, I think it's $35 and I can get a guy to come over here. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, uh, that seems to make sense. But nonetheless, uh, I took a little left there. Uh, health, uh, health insurance covers that sort of thing. That what's, I guess the point I wanted to get to is no matter how, how much money an employee makes or you make as you're listening, we all know health, uh, health bills, medical bills are, are out of control. And so it doesn't matter what your age is. If you get sick and go to the hospital without health insurance right now, you're going to end up with some pretty nasty bills. Yeah, for even the smallest thing. You don't even have to get sick. I mean, you could sprain your ankle, you know, and that's going to be... And it's going to be very, very expensive. And then then the next thing you know, um, that employee, your employee, so here's the human thing. The next thing you know, your employee has the weight of that extra collections and bills and everything on them. And if, you know, we have to realize out here that it is that kind of weight that rent went up. Electricity's not getting any cheaper. Uh, my grocery stores on my side of town have increased by about 45% since before the pandemic. They're grabbing every dollar they can. Every so uh, point being, not, nothing's getting cheaper. And, the, the more a person struggles, I, I truly believe this, the less smart they become, if that's the right way to put it. When you are so involved with your bills and trying to make it day to day, you make a decision like I'm going to drop my health insurance because I need that extra hundred and twenty five dollars oh, a yeah. month. I see what you're saying. You know, you, you may you you might more make more rash decisions yeah. based on the immediate need. Yeah. But, but now um, do that and then end up three months later breaking your leg, yeah. and, you know, stepping off a curb or something and now going to the hospital and getting this other bill. And then they just stay on you. That stuff yeah. doesn't go away, even though they're not supposed to report it on your credit anymore. They can come after you for it. They, they, they didn't change the laws. They can't come after and sue you for that sort of thing. And, you know, that's to me, I don't, I, I want things to be the best for all of us that they can. I'm not responsible for everybody that works for me, but I, I can be conscious of what's going on out in the world and try to make the best decisions that I can make. Now, I can refuse to let you have the extra money and you can refuse to get health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, that's your, that's your choice. I mean, I, I get that it, it's, it's possible. Um, but I just want to point out, I mean, we're, we're, we're in a society right now where the more you have piled on top of you, the harder it is for you to be smart. And I don't mean, I don't mean intelligence. I mean, when you come to work, I'd like for you to have less on you, yeah. not more. Yep. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I want your life to be good.
I like that you bring that up from like a humanity uh-huh. standpoint, um, because relating that back to this question, I think that's a that's a perfect example of um, when you as an employer might want to step back and look at different options that will work for mm-hmm. your office or your business or whatever it is. You know, this specific example, you already offer health benefits. This employee didn't want it. Um, but if you're having multiple employees ask this, mm-hmm. or if you are someone who doesn't offer health benefits. And, and you want to put your big you, toe in it. Yeah. And people are asking for mm-hmm. more money since you don't offer that. And as an employer, you know, that's hard to bring someone in when you don't offer something like health benefits. That's a big thing that employees are looking for. Um, Wait a minute. I think I want to, I want to re I want to restate what you just said. Cause you move into the next thing as an employer, it's very, as a small employer, employer. even as a medium employer, it's the, the, the work that it takes to get health insurance for your team Mm -hmm. is a lot. Yes. You don't just pick up the phone and do it. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a lot of work. And so, you know, for uh, many practices that have, you know, three, two, five, eight, nine employees, they don't have any extra room in their head that practice has no extra room in its head to have someone spend the 47 hours it takes to spend to get health insurance in place, keep it in place, administer it and renew it every year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, I think that sometimes employers, um, think that might be their, their only options are Health insurance, health insurance or no, or no insurance. Yeah. yeah. And there are a few other options and mm-hmm. Cedar has a really great health benefits guide that, um, yep. will link with this, with this podcast that kind of breaks everything down for you. And there's about, um, and it actually talks about healthcare stipends in there a little bit, um, kind of a brief overview of what we're talking about on here. Um, but it also gives a couple of other options outside of just a standard health insurance plan. Um, which I think can before, if you're, you know, considering something like a stipend or or um, increasing an employee's pay before you do any of that, go review, go review that guide, go review the option. Yeah. If you're a CETA member, call us because this is something that our advisors are really um, good with giving. You know, we're not health benefit experts, so we can't tell you the no. exact thing to do or the kind of logistics of how to do it. But our advisors are really good at kind of laying out the options and helping talk through what what is the employer looking for? What are they struggling with and how can they address that? Yeah. And health insurance is no mm-hmm. exception. So I, I wrote down these points. I, 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 Ali, it's going to stun you that I actually prepared for this. Um, I wrote down these points. I want to roll through them real quick yep. so that we can get to our listener question. Sure. Okay. So point one, you don't have to offer an alternative to everyone who chooses not to participate. You just, you just don't have to do it. Um, we at Cedar, I can just tell you, we highly recommend that you don't just give us, uh, the alternative as some kind of a stipend and we'll get, we'll get into why that's a problem. Um, well, that's the next point. How, how brilliant am Got I? Got into that perfectly. Yeah, that was really quick. <laughs> Technically, if you just simply give someone a stipend for health insurance, it's a violation of the ACA. And the rule says that it's $100 per employee. Per day. Per day so, for violating yeah. the ACA. And basically what they were trying to, what they're trying to say is, is that if anybody has health insurance, we want it accounted for in plans. We need to understand at the federal level 
Um, and so that we can w- relay this information down the state level and even you know look at how successful or not successful the ACA may have been, we need to know who's covered and how they're covered. So just giving people an extra 150 bucks on the side and say, you do that what you want – does not really meet that criteria at all. So that's why they want the penalties in there. Um, you don't want your whole team trying to uh, go without insurance to get more money out of their paycheck. Uh, I mean, we already kind of covered that. Um, the net effect of a pay raise, a stipend, right? Yeah. Um, the net effect of that is that it's no longer tax deductible as a business expense, and you and they have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. You have to pay your matching taxes on it, and then and then ultimately, you're actually if you've got a small team and you guys have been working on some extra overtime, you're actually adding to your overtime uh, because you're raising the base rate of pay for for that employee. And again, I would submit that after I think I, I think it's three months, nobody remembers that they that that extra hundred and fifty or two hundred dollars are getting in their paycheck, which frankly is going to be quite a bit less. Yeah. Right. It's going to be it's going to have a lot less impact um, on them um, because it's being taxed, so they can't do as much with it. Um, you know, it, it can look like. Um, someone's being penalized for actually needing health insurance. Right. It's kind of a twist on this. Um, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's kind of the other side. The, the conversation here isn't I make less money because I, because I have to – because I can't negotiate for more because I actually need health insurance. Yeah. And so I'm being, I'm being discriminated against by not getting the same amount of money that they have. Yeah. Um, because they they're getting more money and they have health insurance through their spouse. That's not fair to me. So I should get more money and I should get health insurance coverage. And if you're listening, shaking your head, you can trust me that this argument's been made many, many times. Oh, yeah. Where an employee is like, this isn't fair. And you have to kind of talk them down yeah. and, and, and go through the process with them. Um, so, you know, we'll end this with a couple of little questions. Should, should the employer have um, – maybe the employer should have done maybe a line – a separate line item stipend. I mean, we've seen it. This, yeah. is, this is why this has come up. I've seen this come in from a, a, an accountant. A CPA won't do this because they know the rules. But I've seen this come in from an accountant and say, no, I got you covered. I'll do this extra line item thing. And that's the same thing that we just talked about before. It's just, the stipend isn't a stipend. It's just more income as yeah. it comes in. It doesn't matter what you call it. No. <laughs> yeah. and, and if you put in there a stipend for health insurance, you actually are violating the ACA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're actually providing evidence if somebody were to drill down and start looking at pay stubs and say, hey, what's the stipend for? You immediately could be in trouble over this stuff. Um, you know, I want to address this. Is the health and human services police out there auditing all of our practices and looking at everybody's pay stubs to see who's doing stipends here and who's doing stipends there and who's violating anything? No, that that is not what that is not what's occurring. Um, and so sometimes the logic is is well, why don't I? Well, if nobody's looking, why can't I just do this? Because what are the chances that I'm going to get caught? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what the chances are you're going to get caught, but how about um, we just go with you know you're going to put a seatbelt on. If you put a seatbelt on, it'll keep you in the car yeah. when you have an accident, and you won't be spinning around on the inside of it, killing other people while the car is spinning around. You don't you don't say to yourself, well, I wonder if I how, how about if I go with an alternative to that? I I don't wear my seatbelt <laughs> because that's the alternative that we're looking at. Either you have coverage or you don't. 
right? So the, there is a way. We, we kind of touched on a little bit where people can put a plan together that is not going to a health insurance. You don't go to Blue Cross Blue Shield or whoever or um, I was going to say something bad about a former health insurance company. <laughs> I, can't, I don't think I can do that. We have too many listeners. It rhymes with manided self. Um, it, it, you know, you don't have to go to one of those. You can uh, create what is known as a, a bona fide uh, QSERA plan. Yeah. And uh, we, like, you guys will have it in the link to yes, this podcast. Yeah. So we'll have, we'll have some links to it. Basically, what you're able to do is, 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 is this is one of the last things that President Obama did on his way out the door is he put this uh, plan in place because he recognized that there were a lot of really small businesses who want to contribute all or something towards their plan, but they don't have the capacity to do that 50-hour-a-year dedicated person who understands health insurance. And so they want to put something in place where um, employers who wanted to could help to the degree that they can help at that point. And, I, you know, I think of startups. I think of all kinds of businesses out there. So uh, Cedar, for the first uh, nine years, we had to use a state plan to get anybody into it because at the time the ACA wasn't passed, and we had someone on our team who had – uh, cancer in her past. By the way, under the old rules before the ACA, that was a death sentence for her, and and not not because she um, had cancer. She she had cancer and she recovered underneath her health insurance plan. But then the health insurers said, "No, you don't, you never get covered by anything. Yeah. You don't get get covered if you break your ankle. You don't get covered in preventative care. You don't get you don't get anything from us anymore. And if you do." We're going to charge you more than you could possibly spend. And then inside of a company, all the companies would get hit with this stuff. Even though they weren't supposed to literally use that information, it was really tough. So in the QSERA plan, it's a – you go to a third party. They set it up for you. You you make the contribution into into that plan, and then your employees are required to use that money in order to uh, buy their own health insurance, administer their own health insurance. And there are uh, some really good third-party people out there who interact with your employees. You don't even have to do it. Once you're in the plan, they get that little piece of the action, and then your employees go to them if they have any trouble with their coverage or their prescriptions and stuff like that. We've seen a lot of employers have success with that who have yeah. reached out for, you know, options and yeah. and that's the route that they I think you can fix your size. costs. That's the, yeah. the the one of the difficult problems with putting a, a bona fide health insurance plan in place is that as you renew, you have no idea what's about to happen. Cuz I I can remember we had years when the current co- person who uh, current company who was covering us, they wanted to go up 35% on their uh on their cost, you know, and so uh, we needed to go up on our contribution to help everybody out, and then everybody still had to pay more, and and then the next thing you know, you're spending all of that forty seven hours just trying to get three more alternatives, so maybe you can get your health insurance cost down. So, um, yeah, this whole thing's a mess. I'm gonna, you know, I didn't think, I didn't realize I was, I was gonna get to say this. And I think I've said it to you before, maybe in a podcast a long time ago. I wish I wasn't in this at all as y'all's employer. I don't understand why. I don't understand why health insurance comes through the employer. Mm. I'm fine finding a way to get me to pay for it, yeah. like like taxing me for it, or or I've got a payroll tax or something that I have to. I'm not trying to get out of the cost of doing it. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't think I should be involved in it. 
I ought not be able to go to the Supreme Court and exclude someone's health care based off of my religious views. I, and you know why? Because I shouldn't even know what you're doing. It, you're, you're, it has nothing to do with, with, with work. Yeah. And, I, and I so hope in the future we can get this stuff out of the purview of work yeah. and, and get it you know, out there where people can just get into health insurance yeah. the way they get into it's it. It's such a like you said, it's such a personal, it's weird, such a personal thing. You guys it's, have to kind of tell yeah. one of somebody on my team, what's going on with you or raise your hand and say, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but I've got X, Y, Z and you're in the plan you're proposing doesn't cover my RX. Can you look at something yeah. else? And that's not what I want either. I, I just don't, I mean, I just don't need to know those things. Okay. Did we cover everything? I think, I we, think we did. We did pretty yeah. good on that. Okay. So everybody, don't don't just give a raise. Let someone negotiate for it. If you have, you have, and that's just where you are. Just know you're not going to be able to claw it back. So you just gave somebody a raise, not a stipend towards health insurance, because you cannot, by law, require them to prove to you that they are using it for that, unless you're inside a bona fide QSERA yep. plan. All right. Um, Allie, we had, uh, 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 we've been getting a bunch of listener questions. So you guys are finally doing that. So in the end, when we tell you where to send your questions, please send your questions because it really is helpful. What was the, uh, this week's uh, listener question? Today's listener question um, had to do with unemployment. So we had someone reach out and they said, whenever I close down my office, I have one employee that is always filing for unemployment. Uh-huh. Is there anything I can do about this? Um, anybody can apply for unemployment who – everybody can apply. Whether they get it or not is a different yeah. story. I could leave here right now and, and just go, go apply uh, for unemployment. Uh, yeah. I probably won't get approved because there's pretty no. solid evidence that, that I'm you're continuing working. to work yeah. and everything else. Um, but I can go apply. Yeah. You Anyone can. can. Yeah, yeah. You can go apply. The, the um, conditions around um, unemployment are basically that the employee is ready to work and there is no work available from, from you. Now, that can manifest in a lot of different ways, including in, in terminations and stuff like that. It comes into play. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, but but the, the, you know, if an office just closes out of nowhere, an employee can go and, and make a claim. Now, many states have waiting periods. So if yeah. that closure was for five days or even as many as 10 or 12 days, you may still not qualify because there's not been enough um, closure there. Right. Missed days of work for Missed the employee. Missed days of work yeah. for it. Um, you know the the way to to completely kill this. Um, it's it's called advanced planning and communication. And so um, you know if you give two weeks of paid vacation, but you close for four weeks or maybe even six weeks um, for for any given reason, and we we get we see a lot of very legitimate reasons. Um, hunters, I'm talking to you. I got plenty of doctors out there who uh, take. Uh, extended time off, close the practice in their community, and they and they go hunting. Still, still occurs to this day. Um, there are people who go on missions. Yeah, we have quite a few people who go um, to other countries and, and, and communities, and they give their time, and even some employees go um, and and do you know this this incredible volunteerism, and and that can be uh, another reason why the office may close. Yeah. Um, or some people just have like I remember seeing a Louisiana handbook one time, mm -hmm. and they closed for like two weeks during Mardi Gras. Exactly, we so, have yeah. we, we can't close for it, but we have we have uh, um, uh, what's it called? Rodeo. Yeah, we have yeah. rodeo days here where the schools actually close. Yeah. Again, I think we've talked about it before, but yeah. we don't close Cedar for that. But we do end up with children in here on yeah. those <laughs> on those weeks. But uh, it, you know, an exception to the "don't bring your snotty kids to work" rule. Um, 
the okay. So um, the, the way to get around this right. is to uh, the, the best offices do it the following way. So coming at the beginning of January, you communicate to everybody that it's, hey, everybody, it's time for us to talk about what weeks we're going to be closed. Don't forget, you might want to save your two weeks up because we're going to take four consecutive weeks off this summer. And this is what we're going to, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. You can either use, save up your two weeks and take your vacation during that time or not. That's up to you. But that this time will be unpaid unless you have something to go uh, for it. Um, other off, uh, also in, in the, in the offer letter to the employee, when you bring them on, um, being careful about how you write offer letters, everybody, but you tell you, this is part of the job. This is part of the job description. Yeah. This is what we do. We have this much benefit. This is how many days we take off. This is, you know, you could even communicate why, because that might be important to you. And that just kills this claim. There's because you already know you took the job under the conditions that this business will be closed for two weeks out of it. And you, like you said, you've prepared so that you've yeah. given them enough notice so that the employee can figure yeah. out whether they're using vacation or, you know, whatever logistics they have to take yeah. care of. And then I've seen a hybrid whereby um, the practice has been doing this for so long. And again, the pra these practices that get this right are usually smaller practices because they kind of know the fixed cost of doing this. They put together a, they put together a second kind of scheme which continues to pay the employees through that closure period. It may be a lesser amount of money, um, but they have vacation and they do get paid for the two weeks that the, the business is closed. And what I like about that is that sometimes there's conditions placed around that, which is the only way we can do this, guys, is if we are super efficient, our numbers hit these things, we have to be, you know, you know X, Y, and Z's got to happen. And the team just works towards that common goal, which is I'm going to still get paid. I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to get paid for the time that, that I'm off. You know, yeah. the business has it, the business has it figured out. Yeah. Um, none of them that hard, but all of them take a little bit of extra effort. Uh, anything else on the unemployment thing that we had here? No, I mean, I think the the direct answer to their question is: Is there anything that I can do about this? Is what you just said. Mm -hmm. You can plan ahead. Otherwise, no. The employee the employee has a right to file for unemployment. Yep. Whenever they want. Again. It, there's a whole separate board that's going to make that decision. So you, you know, yeah, you don't have any real say in whether they're going to be granted the unemployment or not. But well, yeah. this question seems to indicate that this keeps happening kind of over and over and over again. Yeah. Which there, if you're if you were the listener who asked this question, you, you what you need to do is just recognize that you are going to be taking this time off. Make it part of a yeah. bona fide program and go ahead and communicate it. And I'm not saying you have to pay the days. You just need to let somebody somebody know that mm -hmm. this is what's going to occur. Yeah. And and you can do it, believe it or not, with your current workforce going forward. This is one of the cool things about policy. This is a policy. It's perfectly legal. You can put it in place in writing. And it's basically saying, um, you know, this coming year or, or, you know, this is our new policy on when we're going to be closed and, and what you can do with it. It's just a memo and a policy that goes out to everybody and explains this to them. And that can put a stop to the unemployment uh, claims as well. On the other side of this, let them have it. You're paying into it anyway. If it's just one employee claiming unemployment every now and then because yeah. you needed to close for some extra time or whatever it looks like, 
um, maybe for personal reasons. I mean, we've had doctors get sick and they need mm-hmm. to close the practice to go to finish up treatment. We've had, um, you know, we've just had situations where the practice really needed to close for a period of time. Yeah. They just let them go collect it. It's just, it's not going to be that, that brutal on you. It's not going to make your unemployment insurance go up. All right. Um, thank you for sending in your questions. And uh, Allie, always a pleasure. I hope I hope everybody who listened. Th- today was a learning day. Today was a learning day. Today right. was a learning day on the, on the uh, What the Hell Just Happened in HR podcast. Thanks, Paul. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened. If you have an HR issue, question, or just want to add a comment about something Paul said, record it on your phone and send to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. We might even ask if we can play it on the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us again next week.